We're on Parshat Kitabo. Yeah, oh, you want to dedicate? We're going to do the Shior Today Refua Shlema for Yael Bat Osnat Miriam, who we met. She's a friend of the Shilishes, and we met her at their bar mitzvah, and she has advanced stage cancer in multiple parts of her body. She is in our age group, and she has three really sweet boys. Very young children also. The oldest is... is a year older than Basalel, and then the two twins are Ptaka's age, and he says I am now. So, so should I have in mind the Elbat? Okay, we're going to do Kitavo. Kitavo, we're going to do the first beginning. And, and then I was thinking, it just so happens that I learned um, with my son uh, on, in Yeshiva, and we started learning what's called Ein Ayah. Ein Ayah is the commentary of Rav Kook on Agadah. I'll, I'll explain what that means. Agadah are the the story or ideological uh, issue parts that come up in the Gemara. The Gemara is halacha, two parts, halacha and agada. Halacha is like, you have to do this, all kinds of debates. Agada is Jewish theology, philosophy. Okay? So, that's how you describe it. How was you to describe it? Stories, messages, lessons, non-halachic lessons from Chazal. And so, Rav Kook wrote a commentary on it called Ein Ayah. What? No. Also, also, it, it is sorry, it is Musar, okay. but it, of course it's Musar, but it's way like you know thousands of years before it just wasn't before categorized as yeah. such. It's told through agadot, like what? told through stories, or it's, it's also more, stories, lessons, messages, one-liners, one-liners, right? Sukim, drashot, all kinds of good stuff. So. Uh, just for at least for today, and maybe in the, few, in the coming weeks, I was thinking, like I'm, as I told you, I'm looking for like to branch out into different things because we, we learn the same thing year after year. So I thought we might do ain, some ain ayah connected to the parsha, okay? And Rav Cook is awesome. Rav Cook is awesome. Rav Cook is amazing. What? Explain to me. So it. What is? You kind explain? of jumped to ain ayah. What is ain ayah? Okay. There's something called there's 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 a book called Ain Yaakov. Have you ever heard of Ain Yaakov? And Yaakov was always like what's called the Vibe Shazaki, the women would No, that was Senorena was the women. Senorena is just a translation of Ain Yaakov. Oh, okay. Okay, well actually Ain I don't have the like the book is in the car. I didn't bring both of the books that are over here, but and I can't get up. But uh, maybe next time I'll explain it. Ain Yaakov is a commentary on all the Agadic parts of the Gemara. Okay, so you'll go through Gemara, like in Brachot there'll be tons of Agada, and some Sahtah there's less, there's not a lot. Okay, so the, and so Rabbi Yaakov Ibn Habib was a, a scholar from somewhere in Spain, probably, or the Muslim country in the 16th century, 17th century, I don't really know. You can look it up on Google. He wrote a commentary on the, on the Agada called Ein Yaakov. But because his book, he published his book with the Agada, so if you ever want to learn the Agada, only the Agada, you could just get it in the Ein Yaakov. Okay, there's a couple of other major commentaries on Agada that are printed with the modern Ein Yaakov. Yeah, but Rav Kook wrote a commentary called Ein Ayah on the Agadah. He only got to Brachon and Shabbat. Ayah Abraham Yitzchak. Right, Ein Ayah. So he called it Ein Ayah. Ayah is Abraham Yitzchak Kohen. And his commentary is revolutionary. His commentary on, on these Agadot are, are, are just amazing. They're incredible. They're a little, they're not, and they're not as hard to understand as regular Rav Kook, which is like, you have no idea what in the world he's talking about usually. Okay. Ain as in stream? Ayan. Yeah, Ayan. Right. Oh, but yeah. it's a play oh, on the word, no, Ain in the stream. So Ain Yaakov, Ain is Ma'ayan. Very good. Like from Ma'ayan. Yeti, yeah. Correct. Ain is from Ain Yaakov. So Rav Kook took a play on that and made Ain Ayah. Okay? So and we're, we're, we're going to get to it in a second. So we'll start from the parsha. <laughs> technically. Yeah, technically. That's well, interesting. Okay, right. we should make that. 
<laughs> no, this is for sure a kosher no, Gemara. Really, I have a trade Gemara. If you want to learn it, Sunday <laughs> night. If you, Sunday if you want to learn Gemara, if you want to learn trade Gemara, then you come Sunday night. If you want to learn kosher Gemara, you know, we'll see how far we get. Okay, so the Torah says, Vaya, we're really good cheer Sunday night. You heard that it's been moved to Sunday? But then you're going to come back after. Yeah, three months. Okay. When her midot are all fixed, then I'll come back. Okay, good. Fine. Then you won't want to come back. <laughs> midot, what? When her midot are all fixed, then she'll come back. Oh. That's my second. What happens in the middle of the sadnat? You say, what am I doing here? I should be in Gemara. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and you come to the land of And you come to the land of Alakachta. You take the first fruits of the land you bring from your first fruits of the ground you bring from the land. That the Lord your God gives you and you place it in a basket. And you go to the place which Hakadosh Baruch which the Lord your God has has decided to dwell His name there. You come to the Kohen in that, that in, the, in those days. And you say to him. I declare, he got it, I say to Hashem, I've come to the land that a God has sworn to our forefathers to give to us. Now, I haven't the lane in Shul, I only, I only know all the Rishons. This is one of my favorite ones. Because I always have like, I've come to the land that a Kaddish Prophet, even the rest of this, this section is awesome. Okay, so this is called, this is a description of a mitzvah called Mikra Bikurim. Mikra Bikurim, the, the reading of Bikurim. Mikra, the reading of or the, the declaration of Bikurim. We all know what the mitzvah of Bikurim is. Bikurim are the first fruits. Right? When, when you go out to your pomegranate tree and you see the first flower, the first budding of the first uh, things, you, you tie a red little bendel around it. And then as it grows, that first fruit becomes the fruit that you that you bring to the Beit HaMikdash and you give to the Kohen. That's a big career. First bud, first bud. But when it starts growing, it's a fruit. And if it dies and you have other fruit? Bring other ones. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes it's not the best one. What? Not that strict, but you try to Right. <laughs> I think the farmer, I think the farmers, like they knew which ones were like when they came out. It's only Shiva Taminim, interestingly. Right, you don't do it for your mango tree. But uh, but you would bring the shiva you bring the shivat aminim to to the Beit Hamikdash and you offer it uh, you know and and we have no substitute for bikurim today like today we do take mash there and we get rid of it but what no Beit Hamikdash is only bizman between Beit Hamikdash kayam the mission at the end of Shkalim says it's a mitzvah that's only bizman sham that there's a mikdash whereas Trumot and Masra what right well okay. We'll talk about that in a second. Well, so what I want to talk about is this idea of mikra bikurim. This is going to tie into our cook really great. Why, why do we have this declaration? Well, let's just read what the declaration is. The coin takes the basket, and you place it You place it in front of the mizbeach. He places it before the altar. Then ve'anita ve'amarta La'anot means does not mean to answer. What does it mean? To no. Inui, you think of Inui. Va'anita means to raise your voice. Va'anita, haramat ko. Anybody, this is going to be a big quiz. Where do we see, where do we see this word of an, an, an note mean to raise one's voice also in the Torah? Quiz, 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 quiz. This is for Shira. She's, 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 she's. <laughs> 
If you get a Tanakh, I can't stand up. It's in Shemot. Okay? No, no, it's okay. Miriam, could you bring a Tanakh sure. from here? She's standing no, closer. Like it's fine. It's, 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 no, what? You're close. It's from, there's, there's a play on words. There's a play on words. Thanks. There's a play on, I would get up, but I really, like, uh, I really oh, can't. Oh, but isn't that they cried? Isn't it more we talk about the... You say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was No. I'm thinking of, let's see if I can find it. I'm thinking of, fishing. what? They cried out one second. Here. We're talking about the Chet HaEgel. Moshe Rabbeinu is up on the mountain. Yoshua is halfway down the mountain. And he hears like commotion. He says, right? he says, there's got to be war. There's a war going on. Okay? I don't hear the sounds of Anot Gvura. And la'anot means the proclamation of Rura, or anot chalusha. Rather, Moshe says, kol anot anoshi anochi shomeah. That's inui, affliction. I hear the voice of affliction. Moshe Rabbeinu, the reason I ask this one is because it's really a play on words. I don't hear strength. I don't hear weakness. I hear anot. I hear, I hear, then that's from inui. Kol anot, chirufim v'gidufim ha'me'anim et ha'nefesh. So the play on words on both senses. So here we have the same word. I just find it interesting. Here we have the same word of Inui ve'anita ve'amarta in the first sense that Moshe uses it. You almost never find puns like that in the Torah, so it's a, it's a good one. No? Yeah. Okay. You raise your voice, you declare before God, Arami oved avi, vayered mitzrayma, vayagar sham bimteimat, vayisham begoy gadol etzivara. We've learned this, so we're not going to go to it in depth. Arami oved avi, an Aramean tried to destroy my father, or... Or, uh, my father was a wandering Aramean, depending on how you, Arami Oved, Arami, is it, it's either Arami Oved Avi, and Arami tried to destroy my father, or Arami Oved Avi, okay? Oh, okay. A wandering Aramean, Arami Oved, a lost Aramean. So it either refers to the Arami Oved Avi as Yaakov, my father, right? Arami Oved Avi, Alavan tried to kill my poor father, or it refers to Arami Oved Avi. My father was a wandering Aramean, which is? Who is a wandering Aramean? Who's that? I think Avram Avinu, no? Avram Avinu, my forefather, whatever. Either way, and he dwelt there a short time, so it's either Avram or Yaakov. They became a great nation. The Egyptians afflicted us, did bad things to us, and they afflicted us. And they gave, uh, gave us hard work placed upon us. We cried out to God. We saw our oni, our affliction, our toil, and our lachats. Pressure. They took us out of, of Mitzrayim, okay, with a strong hand. Outstretched arm, moragadol, great fear, otot signs, moptim and wonders. Pasuktet, vayivienu ela makom hazeh. He brought us to this place. Vayiten lanu et aretz azot, eretz zavat chalav gavash. And he gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. Right. By the way, where do you, you might recognize the Aramio Beirabi. Right. Yeah, we recite this. This mikra bikurim, we recite, as Chazal established it as part of the Haggadah Shabbesach. 
right? And then we we derive each pasuk. Why does it mean this? What means that? Yeah, do you want to say something? Because Esther gave a whole shir, a series of books of a shir about this. Where the was like, before I wasn't there. What? But she had tables, yeah. but it was also about why it was like at the point with the. I don't, I don't think I was. I don't want to quote her because I won't get it correct. But like, right. but how the Bikurim was like the stage of the Bikurim that it's like, like hints to the the cup of the Geula. Oh. Something like that, right? Nice. I, I, why they chose Bikurim? Bikurim is you know it's it's actually interesting because Chazal say. On Pesach, you start with the bad and end with the good. And this chapter actually it, it, it outlines that. Things were bad. Right? <coughs> and then Hashem took us out. Okay, Pasuk Yud. And now, I brought the, the fruits that, that God has given me. And you place it before Hashem your God, and you bow down before Hashem your God. Meaning, you don't just bring Bikurim and say, drop here. <laughs> right, you know, drop off point for Bikurim and just dump it. it. No, you don't. You bring the Bikurim, and you have to, and you have to, and you have to recite the Mikra. You have, everyone has to make this declaration. Actually, the Gemara Mishnah says it has to be done in Lashon HaKodesh. You have to say, you know, you say these words. You recite this thing. In Hebrew. In Hebrew. Actually, you know what the lingua, <laughs> you know what the lingua franca was during the second time of the Beit Hamikdash, second Beit Hamikdash? Aramaic. Absolutely, it was Aramaic. Ad kedei kach. So I'm doing Masechet Yuma now in Mishnah Yomit, and the Mishnah is a, the first chapter is a lamentation of the the sad state of the Kahuna, the whole thing. Like, so the Mishnah says that the Kohen Gadol was not allowed to sleep on the night of Yom Kippur. They wouldn't let him sleep. He had to stay up the whole night. So what would, what would the Kohen Gadol do all night? What do you think he would do? Learn Torah. Learn. That's what you would expect. They said, no. If he knew how to learn, he learned. If he didn't know how to learn, they would read. They would no. read him no. the interesting stories in, the, in, in Tanakh. So they read him Eov and Dibir Hayamim. Eov, I don't know why Eov. It sounds so boring. <laughs> but whatever. Eov and Dibir Hayamim. And the Mishnah says, the Mishnah says, one guy says, I, I remember many years when I read Daniel. Now, why would you read Daniel and not it's read Eov? Right, and Daniel, Hebrew. the book of Daniel is in Aramaic. And he didn't understand the Hebrew. Yo. Kohen Gadol. That's crazy. Yeah. Right. I was going to write a piece about it. I really should write that Even piece. Even our prime minister time. knows Tanakh. Right. Right. Wow. Right. That the idea was, and the Mishnah, there's, 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 there's at least four or five allusions in the first chapter of Yuma to the idea that the Kohen Gadol, the sad state of the Kohen Gadol, they had to check that he wasn't a closet Saduki. Right, they would ask him, swear to us that you'll do what we ask you to do and not do it your own way. Right? And that the Kohen Gadol was a political appointee of the local of the kingdom. People would buy the job who wouldn't want to be the Kohen Gadol. And uh, you got what you got. And it was his job and he did the job. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a lamentation. The whole first chapter of Yuma is a lamentation to the politicis politicization of religious uh, of religious um, um, Leadership. positions. Right. And you politicize it, you you run a great danger of. He had to be a coin. And then it went to the highest bidder. Wow. Yeah, clearly that was that was it's a, you know that's the whole first chapter of Yuma. I was like, I, I never really noticed it to such a degree until I was sensitive to it this time around. Anyway, um, but I don't think. 
No, really? He, Does it surprise no, you that much? Because I know there's a lot of this between Kim and Adam and the cons, and like, again, we're coming out to your kid, and then you think of like, He was supposed to be this really, personality. All the sins of the whole nation are being born on his shoulders, and he's going to, you know... But, but I mean, it's, it's, it's a laugh. I know, I know. But it was a laugh. <laughs> that's why the mission... <laughs> yes, it was. Yeah. So, I mean, why did anybody want that job? The first Mishnah, the first Mishnah, you would think, the first Mishnah says that they, that a week before, this is the first Mishnah, it says, a week before Yom Kippur, they brought him to what's called Lishkata Palhedrin. So that's a very strange name, Lishkata Palhedrin. So Palhedrin, the, the, all the commentaries based on the Gemara explain, Palhedrin is a Greek word, some kind of Greek word, that means political appointee. And it wasn't the real name of the Lishkada office. Why would you call something like that in the Beit HaMikdash? The reason they called it that was because every year they had to bring somebody new because he would die every year. He wouldn't survive the year. I have no idea. Like, like, I know, it seems so strange that, right, that they would... That they would. What? Would want to die on Yom Kippur? Or maybe he I don't. No, I don't know. No, I'm sure. I don't think that he died. I'm not gonna, I don't not believe. I don't believe. I, obviously, if somebody died, I don't believe that they died every year. I, I mean, I think that was more legend. More because if somebody died, no, who would? You know what I'm saying? That there was a Masora. probably in Bayit Rishon. In Bayit Rishon. No, I think that if if um, the selling of the Kuna de Gola was in Bayit Cheni, not in Bayit. It was in Bayit Rishoni. It was in Bayit Cheni. It was not in Bayit Rishon. That's what right. I'm saying. But 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 I imagine if somebody is so egotistical that he feels that he can bid, he can he, that he wants to bid so much yeah, money on that position, not. he must also think that he's invincible and that no, that was then. Yeah, but I five years in a row, the last five guys died, the last seventy guys died. No. At some point, you think to yourself, <laughs> maybe it's not a job that you want. <laughs> no, I I I'm gonna do it right. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, okay. So. If, I don't, how do we get on that? Say you don't just drop it off. Oh, you don't, right, but I'm saying how do we, I don't know. This is a beautiful part. And you take joy in all the good. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu has given you in your house. Can I say this? I think we need to put that on, like, like put on a sign, print it on a sign, and hang it in the kitchen. Focus on the good. Okay. I, I wanted, there's, one second. So the Orach Chaim, he has a couple of pieces. We're not going to do them. Okay, so... So, but Yorachim in two points points out, in two parts on our parsha points out that the tov, that one of the, the beautiful, the, the, one of the great things that Hakadosh Baruch Hu gives us, this tov, is the idea that Hakadosh Baruch Hu gave us Eretz Yisrael, that we're in the land. So it's just a powerful thing to re- to remember. So what I wanted to ask is, and then move to Rav Kook, is why did why is there a nest necessary? I got understand the giving of the bikurim, right? The bikurim symbolizes this idea. The first fruits. The Bechor, the first, always symbolizes the, the best, the most special. You know, the guy who has the first dollar ever made in the back of the pizza store or whatever. There's something unique about that first thing. It symbolizes the work that you've done. And you understand giving that to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, right? Why is there a need to, to say, that's not enough? Rather, you have to do what's called Mikra Bikurim. You can't just drop it off. You can't just do it. You have to go and then make this declaration, make this public declaration of the journey of the Jewish people from slavery into freedom, and now that's why I'm bringing the Bikuri. It's not a, it's not a trick question. I think it's a... Have to write the book and realize what the process 
Oh, very good. We this wouldn't be where we are. We wouldn't be able to do this if they had not done that. Right, but why not just give it? Why not just give it, Tracy? What are you the meeting? Why you have to? Why is uh, mindfulness? It's mindfulness. It's doing it. It's it's doing it consciously instead of just going through the motion. It's uh, it's focusing on what you're doing uh, instead of just doing it. Correct. <laughs> yeah. I think it's recognizing that it actually comes from Hashem in the first place. It's not like like I planted these, I grew these. Mm-hmm. I think it's like like you, you realize that yes, you put your effort into it, but it grew because it's really Hashem who takes us out of slavery and it, you know, and that every along the way that there's God's hand in it. Okay. okay. It's, so it's, it's not like you come and you're, you're, it's not you're good at you're bringing these gifts to God. It's ah. you're returning to him what what was what was his. But the action wouldn't be enough? If you if you did it, it wouldn't be enough? Meaning the fact that you actually have to... adds a little, adds something to it. Yeah. There's so okay. I actually, I was a leading, it's a leading question. I totally agree with Tracy. I think there's an idea, this idea, both of you or all of you, this idea of mindfulness is critical. It's very easy to do something, as we all know, without that sense of awareness, mm-hmm. without any sense of awareness at all. It's, 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 that's, that's, I think that's the, probably the most challenging aspect of our religious experience, that we do so many things, we do so many, like we are so religious in, in practice, but are not so good about the mindfulness, the, the awareness of the things that we do. You know, it's become so part of our daily routine. And you know, and it's interesting. The mindfulness brings about a sense of a samachta b'chol hatov. Right? Joy comes from the idea of understanding of saying, I don't just do it, but I'm doing this for a reason. It has meaning. It has value. You know, and, and I appreciate. Comes that sense of appreciation brings a sense of simcha. So it's really it's uh, so I, that of course is the springboard I wanted to use in order to read this section from a cook. Okay, so take. A, each page. I was too cheap, so everybody gets half a page. Why is that cheap? That's it's environmental protecting the environment. Oh, right. That's that what I was thinking. Okay. Correct. This is from the beginning of the sixth chapter of Brachot. So if you'll see above, I, I just cut and paste. Okay. So the top part is the Gemara. We're going to read the Gemara, and then we're going to read about Cook's commentary on the Gemara. What program did you use to make that? What program? Publisher? Oh, you did. Why? The scan is not good. I mean, it just, whatever. Oh, it's an yeah. What? Oh, I mean, why? Because it's not so, because it's no, not... No, no, I was just curious, because I didn't know publishers still work. Oh, yeah. Okay, Tanar <laughs> on my computer it does. Tanar Rabbanan. Say the Gemara. Asur la'adam shi'aneh me'olam hazeh below bracha. I want to see where I am. person is forbidden from benefiting from this world without a bracha. V'chol ha'ne'aneh min ha'olam hazeh below bracha ma'al. Okay? And if you benefit from this world without making a bracha, ma'al. The term ma'al is a unique halachic term. Ma'al is from me'ila. Me'ila, mem ayin lamed. It's from, it's from a term from called hegdesh. Hegdesh is, is anything that belongs to the Beit HaMikdash. So if Miriam were to say, I will now designate, I'm dedicating my phone to the Beit HaMikdash, then when she has to call up the Beit HaMikdash and say, I gave my phone to the Beit HaMikdash, and a, a, a gizbar will come and say, how much do you think it's worth? And will, he'll decide how much it's worth, and then either he'll take the phone, which he really doesn't want, or he'll say, I'll allow you to redeem the phone for its value, and then he'll take the money to Beit HaMikdash. Mm-hmm. For reasons, you know, people did this all the time. It was their way of dedicating their property to Hashem. Or let's say you gave a korban. If you take that korban, the animal, 
that was designated for a korban, and you use it, that's called me'ilah. Mem ayin lamin, me'ilah behegdesh. Me'ilah is a word that means taking something that belongs to God and using it for yourself. Okay, so it's a very strong comment. Kol min If you drink this cup of coffee without making a bracha before, ma'al. You benefited from hegdesh. This is if you benefited from hegdesh, okay, without permission. You stole from God. So what should you do? Like, how do you fix it? My takante means how do you fix it? So you go to Talmud Chacham. He'll fix it for you. Mara says, one second. What can a Talmud Chacham do for you? You violated Isur, you violated prohibition. What's going to a Talmud Chacham going to do for you? Ela Amar Rava, said Rava. Right, how do you fix this problem? Before you start the problem, go to a chacham, v'yilamdenu brachot, and he'll teach you brachot, k'day shalo yavo lidei me'ilah. So you don't come to me'ilah. You'll, you'll prevent it the next time. Oh, you prevent it in the first place. How do you fix the problem of people, of, of a person having a bracha problem? Teach him a bracha. Go to the chacham, he'll teach him a bracha. Okay, so what's going on here? The word, so let, oh, this will be the end of the piece. Anyone who benefits from this world without a bracha, it's as if you benefited from as it says, right? To God is the land in its full fulfilledness, meaning who does the world belong to? God. So if you don't make a bracha, it's like you benefited from the from Beit Hamikdash. Rabbi Levi, Rami, Rabbi Levi asks. He asks in a different question. It says in one pasuk that the world belongs to God. Right? The heavens belong to God, but the land belongs to humankind. So which is it? Does it belong to God or belong to us? Says the Gemara. You don't know where I am? So ask me. Last line in the wide paragraph. Before the Gemara. Before the Gemara. Lo kashya, see where I say I am? Lo kashya, no question. Kan kodim bracha, kan laachar bracha. So you have two psukim, Hashem ha'aretzum lo'ad, the world belongs to God. The second pasuk it says, Hashemaim shamaim la'ashem, the heavens are for God, and the land belongs to mankind. So which is it? The answer is, before you make a bracha, the world belongs to God. After you make a bracha, then mankind has the right to partake. Okay, so we're, we're on this importance of saying bracha. So, so don't forget your brachot. What? It's like a transaction. Doesn't right. sounds like it, doesn't it? Right. It's meaning, before I drink, before I make the bracha, I have to acknowledge where it comes from, and then, right. then I drink. Okay, so do something to redeem it. To allow and if I don't, it's as if I'm stealing from God. Mm-hmm. So Rav Cook is actually stuck on the idea of like, what does it mean? Like, like we we understand when you first read this, we we think about it in context of, did I forget to make a bracha? Right, don't make, make sure you make your brachot. Again, we always understand things in the, in, the, in the very technical sense. And Rav Cook says it's not about that at all. It's all about the sense of mindfulness. So I'm going to read. I'm going to read slowly because it's hard. Right, the word, the Hebrew is hard, but it's worth following inside. Okay. Yisod avodat Hashem yitvarach. Okay. Oh, sorry. I, I skipped a little bit. Let's he, he quotes it. Tanurabana. See where the gimel is. Tanurabana. The rabbis talk. Asur. Uh, a person may not 
benefit from this world without a bracha. And if you benefit, you are ma'al. That word means to benefit from hegdish prohibitively. Ma'itakante. How do you fix it? You go to a chacham. Mi'ikara. Go before you benefit. V'yilamdenu brachot. A chacham will teach you brachot. Rav Kook says, see where the, the last bold line, the last black line? It's just because it's a different, I had to copy it twice. Ha'isur hu misad he'eder hakarak hatova. The prohibition is because of he'eder, the lack of, the absence of hakaratatov. Shuhu yisod avodat Hashem yibarach. Hakaratatov is a foundation of avodat Hashem. We serve God. The service of God is dependent upon the idea that we recognize the goodness that God gives to us. Therefore, alkein asur la adam chiene below bracha. You can't benefit with a, without a bracha because the idea of serving God, right, requires hakarat hatov. Right. The whole reason we were created was right. to have hakarat hatov. Okay. Amnam. Yesh od ladat. But let's. We have to remember. Shekol ha'anaot olam. All physical pleasures in the world. Lo yimalu et teudatam. They do not. They will not realize their teudah. I wrote here potential. It also means their destiny or their their purpose. Ki im biyotam mishamshot lahanaa hamuushara hamusarit. Unless they are used for the hanaa benefit hamuushara hamusarit, that it reaches its full ethical potential. Shehidat elokim ba'aretz, which is the knowledge of God in the world. Meaning the reason everything physical is in this world is for us to use it to acknowledge God's presence in the world. Exactly. Why do we benefit? Our cook asked us a very different question. Why are you drinking that cup of coffee? I'm tired. Ah, right. I really want to. That's right. Most of us, the God created physical pleasure in the world. Is the, so he created physical pleasure, and the physical pleasure can, can has a spectrum of purposes. At its worst, the physical pleasure, I use it in order to, to, to satisfy my physical desires and my urges. Right? I drink the coffee. I like the taste of coffee. It makes me feel good. That's the, the absolute worst thing you could possibly do. <laughs> Sadly, we're, we're all in bad shape. Right? <laughs> You, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Because, no, forget the bracha. Forget the bracha. Leave the bracha on the side. We're going to get to that. Okay. See, this is exactly the point. Brachot are not technical. They're not just transactional. I, can I have it? Yes, thank you. Now, once you, once you gave it to me, what am I going to do with it? Enjoy. <laughs> this, 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 it was like, it's like an, he like, turns your world upside down. It's like, you already understand what he's saying. Right? He's saying, he's saying, as to ask yourself a different question, right? why am I enjoying this? To what end am I enjoying it? Now, why do you need it? I'm tired. I'm tired. And why do I need to stay awake? I have work to do. Oh, right, because, correct. Right, your work to do, in a, in a large sense, right, that, this is not a stretch, is a source of Babodah Hashem. Right? My, my raising of my family, you know, and uh, and uh, the things that I do in my community and the studying that I'm doing. So if the coffee is here 
in the service of Limud HaTorah, which it actually is. It's what? learning it is. There you go. You're okay. No, you didn't get it right. If that's the purpose of the drinking, right? Then that that then it's realizing for its full ethical potential, which is dat elokim ba'aretz. Okay, to, to understand God in the world. That person, how do we come to recognize that my physical pleasures are there in order to realize my spiritual potential? What, what device is there in order to realize that, in order to make sure that I'm realizing my full, their full spiritual... That's right. The bracha is there in order to create that awareness. You don't make a bracha to say please to God. You make a bracha in order to remind ourselves and to keep aware and have this mindfulness that I'm not here just as an animal to consume, but I'm here in order to function as a, as a godly person, as a spiritual person. It's actually interesting because the Gemara says that in the ideal sense, when do you recite the Baruch HaVashachar? As you're doing it. And when you, and you know, as you wake up, as when you sit up, you say, you know, you, like, I'm, you know, when you hear the sound of the cock-a-doodle-doo, you know what I'm saying? Right, when you put on your your going, you saw a big When you put on your head covering, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? When you finally get out of bed, there's a certain beauty to that process that we, of course, have now ritualized and say it as quickly as we possibly can. Right, which is the this is the struggle of our of our time of all time of religious life. So therefore, of course, let's go that. Im if that's true, hanehene below bracha. A person who benefits without a bracha, umishdamesh b'hem rak leteudat hanaato hachomrit. He uses this benefit. He uses this coffee. He uses this wine. He uses this pleasure. He uses whatever. It doesn't matter what it is. Only for his own teudato hachomrit, his physical uh, uh, satisfaction. Humachlif etudat mitziutan. He's taking something that God created, this incredible thing that God created in order to allow us to become spiritual people. And he's, he's, he's switching its use. He's using it for the wrong purpose. It's not here to make me feel good. It also makes me feel good. It's here to make me a better person. It's here to make me a more spiritual person. Is literally very comparable to someone, what's a korban? I gave it to God. This is this. I say, this animal I'm going to offer, these fruits I'm going to offer on the Mizbeach, this wine they're going to pour on the Mizbeach, and then I'm going to drink it. What are you, nuts? You're going to take something that was going to be offered in the service of God and use it for your own physical pleasure? Kanal, this cup of coffee. It's exactly the same. Why? Because you're taking something that was on, on our level, that was really created for spirituality, and you're turning it to something physical. Okay? Uh, da, 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 da. There, there we go. Because these physical pleasures were there to complete a person. Oh, let's find it again. Shehem, last word on the line. Last word, see Shehem. 
Last word, eight lines down. In the, yeah, there you go. Shehem omdim lashlim et adam bahashlamato. These things, these physical pleasures are there to complete a person in his completeness. Bahashlamato meulea yona ruchanit. In his full, complete, uh, exalted spirituality. And he degrades their value. To use them just for his own physical pleasures, his own physical benefits. In that case, he's ma'al. He has stolen from hektesh. And he's changing their yi'ud, their, their purpose. What is mi'ila if it's not if it is not a change? As, as the sages prove in Mesechet Meila from the verses. Okay? from this idea, tista'if shall kala. We have that's all the care that we take, right? There's someone who's moel mi'ila is oh it's an it's it's you there's an isur karet. If you benefit from hegdish without permission. That's terrible. It's a terrible punishment. So the, that's why there's all this this uh, this this carefulness. Omnam, first word on the line. Omnam, like 15 lines on the bottom, 12 lines. Ha'adam hurgal lechet inav. People are hurgal. What is hurgal? Accustomed. This is the bane of religious existence. Rigilut to follow his eyes. Uluvaker ha'anot ha'chushim, and to satisfy his senses. Alkain, therefore, lo yitarir klal lahashlamah ruchanit shuchal lahotzi mikol mikreshal hanachushit shemizdamein leyadol. Therefore, he will not be awakened at all to this hashlamah ruchanit, to this completion, this spiritual completion that he could take out of kol mikreshal hanachushit. Every cup of coffee can be a spiritual experience, and we're not just talking about the coffee. Okay, every glass of wine, every like. You know, Friday night, like the, the meal can be a meal or it can be an experience to enjoy Shabbat. It can, be a, it can be a spiritual experience. Or it could just be, how was the chicken? Good. You know, it could just be a meal. The question is, um, uh, like food, like when you hear these stories of tzaddikim, like real tzaddikim, they eat like bread and eggs and they hardly eat anything. They're only eating now to, yeah, so no, why? Why? No, why? You, you could enjoy. You could enjoy that chicken. You could love it. You could, as long as you understand where it's coming from and what it's for. Absolutely. But, but there's a different level of not even enjoying it. No. I don't think. That's I don't think that's what they're saying. I don't think that's what he's saying. These, these very simple right. people who just learn from day to night, and their wives had to come and force them to eat something just to stay awake, so that they could continue learning and serving Hashem. I would say. You would never find them in a restaurant eating a fancy meal. They just wouldn't do that. They why? Well, there's two ways of looking at it. One is, one is, is a, we've, we've done this when we studied the Nazir before. That do we value asceticism or not asceticism? Okay, Rav Kook is not in favor of that. But one could say, so this I, I'm learning with Vital, and I'll share with you our discussion. It's a really interesting question. Like, there are rungs in a ladder, right? It's, 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 you know, things to sort of aspire to. We've all been in a place, we've all done things. Now we look back and say, uh, I, don't, I don't need that anymore. That... Physical pleasure, it's a physical pleasure, but it's something that I realize it's not, it's not the person that I am to do that thing or to need that thing or to want that thing. You know what I'm saying? It's just not what I need. Why? Because we've come to the appreciation that the, the person that I want to be, 
doesn't aspire to that kind of gluttony or you know what have you or or, or, or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Some people like eating all you at all you can eat meat restaurants, and some people think that that's disgusting. Right? Why? Because <laughs> how can you eat like that? Oh, it's mutar. But ugh, like that's that's eating. That's not eating. We're working on it. Okay. <laughs> Veal is so good. <laughs> so order the veal. Right. Wait, 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 I'll get to my point. The higher on the level you go, the more you realize that it's not about the pleasure itself, but that the pleasure is there in order to give you the sustenance that you need. So I, I don't think it's a matter of the, the, the great rabbanim are saying, oh, I'm anti-fine uh, restaurants, as opposed to saying, if the whole point of the physical sustenance is to give me the ability to serve God, why in the world would I need to do it by eating some fancy meal when I can achieve the exact same thing by eating simply and, and, and learning Torah? And, and also not eating too much because after a certain point, then it's not for your sustenance. 100%. Your of course, of course. When you raid the fridge at like 10 o'clock at night, you're not hungry. You just feel wow. like, what? You're nashi. <laughs> you're nashi. What does nashi mean? I want something. Correct. But, but Rafa was known to like be someone who just took exactly what he needed and Correct, it was. Absolutely it was. But that's exactly the point. I mean, I'm not saying everybody, like, I really don't think that at all, to, to, to aspire to strive. To, this, the striving... To definitely high up on that. Right, just to, to strive. But to, in to our strive. Level, I think what he's saying here is that even if you're not at that point, that you can achieve spirituality also from a different perspective, you know, from the other angle. That no, that he's saying that, well, I want you to benefit from the world, right. but you should see the, the, the hana'ot that you have in spiritual, in spiritual terms. You should see them in, in like, are they there in order to, are they there in order to advance yourself spiritually, or are you just eating because, because that's chomri and that's meila. Therefore, he says, let's out. What? Unless the um, glory is clashing. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? She gave it. Yeah, she gave a beautiful shiur on, you know, what what do our possessions do for us, and how do do they bring us forward, or you know, it's a lot like what you're saying. She brought a lot of the the. the Minimum. Minimum, and, and, and insisted on it. And she talked about Rabbi Reyes and said that's why he was, everyone used to insist that he have a little bit more of a decent home. And he used to say, came out of his funeral and he said, the transition from my home to here won't be. <laughs> right. <laughs> Other people are going to have difficulty adjusting, but for me, it'll be easy. <laughs> but that's right. That's, so that's all, that's. That's there. Right, you know what I'm saying? That's there. Halavai that we should. It's so interesting. I just, I, I, I always have this really, I always have this really, really vivid memory. I have this vivid memory of, of when we made Aliyah. I remember like, so we started with this huge house. You already had like, you had to get rid of half your stuff. In America. Yeah. We didn't even have such a huge house. Right. And we all, and we got rid of half our stuff. Then. I brought a you were smart. You were smart. <laughs> I missed some of the things, though. Right, I missed our sight. We're like, oh. anyway. Then the stuff. Most of that stuff goes in a truck, and you're left with your suitcases. You're left with just like 20 huge suitcases. I remember as we got on the plane, you gave these suitcases to somebody else. All you had was this one backpack. I remember sort of like feeling like free. You know what I'm saying? And then you get there, and like, and then the stuff starts coming and coming and coming. You know? and there's like, no room for it because right. you brought half your stuff instead of a quarter of your stuff. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a place in the house for all of you. Anyway, 
it, it's, it definitely resonates. So this, is, this is this beautiful idea. Okay, there, therefore, okay, every opportunity, Rav Cook says, is a spirit, an opportunity. Every physical opportunity is an opportunity for spirituality. Alkane, therefore, see where I am? I'm like the one line, one word in, ein kuf, ein kaf, sorry, alkane, after liyado, the dot, yelech etzel chacham ikara. How do you fix it? You go to the chacham before you even First. start. Well, he's not teaching you the halachot abrachot. It's not about the halachot abrachot. Mitchilat chinucho. Before your, your education, terem hit gabru alav kishura choshim. Before the, the power of your senses have overcome you, the mashcham elav biyoter mishurat hasechel vatzedek eloki. Before your sense of sechel, your intellect, and divine justice. Meaning, education isn't about technical, it's about teaching children and teaching adults as they grow to understand what the world is all about and what benefiting from the world is all about and why we do the things that we do. V'yelamdenu brachot, and the Chacham will teach you brachot. V'yaskilehu will teach you le'aden et rucho. Such a powerful sense. Le'aden et rucho, to temper your spirit, to refine yourself. Laharim keren b'yirat Hashem, to raise the horn of the fear of God, until the sense of spiritual pleasure, they would take precedence before your physical pleasure. That's a level to say, like, oh, I get more out of appreciation of God, a sense of godliness, more than I need the physical pleasure itself. Right. That's what it means. Then you could understand the life. And then in every way you will appreciate God. Know God in all of your ways. So it's like Rav Kook took this thing about brachot. Oh, you should learn brachot. And he turned it totally upside down. He said, it's not about the bracha. The bracha is not the gorin. It's not the technical, it's not, a, like I said, transactional. The bracha is symbolic of a spiritual awareness and the sensitivity. It's a tool. Yeah, that we have. It's such a, like, it's such an unbelievable idea. This, I believe, really is a struggle of our spiritual and religious existence. So interesting. So I, was, I had a, a Torah couple here, and, and we were talking, wonderful couple, lovely couple, and I was asking what they do, you know. I almost never asked them that, but we were, we were we talking. What, what mitzvot they do? Oh, what mitzvot they do? Yeah. Oh, no, I said, we're talking about Shabbat, like whatever they, you know. I said, you know, do you make, he said, yeah, we make kiddush. I said, no, do you like candles? It's running card. Like, and she said, it's more important for me to connect to the idea on a spiritual level than to just do things by rote. Uh-huh. I said, it's interesting because I understand that. I really do because, uh, you know. What? That is the goal. But I personally feel if I don't, if I don't have the habit and do it, I'm just not going to do it, mm-hmm. and then I'm never going to have the ability to get to the point where I do it in, in a deep sense. But our challenge, that we do so many things, our challenge is to have that sense of, of spirituality and appreciation. We say so many brachot, yeah, 100 brachot a day. How many people, I'm not one of them, I knew I was going to give this year, can I really say that I had kavanah before I drank the coffee, that I'm really appreciating the power of the coffee in order to keep me, you know, to give us sustenance before the shiur? Hard to say. But I, I think, like we talk about, we're coming to Rosh Hashanah, this idea of, of mikra bikurim, of simcha. You want simcha? Simcha comes from awareness. Simcha comes from mindliness. Right? Joy comes. You want, you know, if we really think about, about hitchat shoot for the new year, like real tshuva isn't saying, I'm going to, you know, like, 
you know, it's great to add, but, and, and it's challenging, but this is something that all of us need to focus on, this, uh, this sense of mindfulness and awareness. And it comes from the idea of saying brachot, but then the bracha is not the cause, but the bracha is going to be the result. I say brachot with kavanah when I have that mindfulness and that spirituality. And to me, that's much more powerful than saying, oh, I'm going to work on my brachot. No. I'm going to work on my sense of understanding that my physicality is a tool for my spirituality. And when we do that, then how could you not make a bracha? That's a very different thing. Stop here. Yeah.